Hello and welcome to the FDT TV podcast. I'm going right this time and we are recording. Um, first time as well, not like the uh, the blunder from a couple of weeks ago where we ended up speaking for about 40 minutes and then Ian did an amazing recap of the last half hour that had me in stitches whilst I was watching it back. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, but welcome if you are new to the channel. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, my name is Mike and I'm joined by the very lovely Ian Varker. Um we are here to talk about things football, mainly the Premier League. Um, we are big, as you can see, West Ham and Arsenal fans, um, brought together from a mutual love of the game, and we are here to talk things crap. Um, we do have a plan put in place, but sometimes we get a little bit sidetracked. But stick with us, it will be entertaining. Um, but yes, and if you haven't already, please hit that like and subscribe button. Help us uh, increase our followers because it would be, uh, or help grow the channel. And uh, your yep. support is very much appreciated. And for those returning, welcome back again. Um, Ian, how was your weekend? Um, to be expected, I would say. <laughs> um, in terms of football, other than that, it was quite good. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, I see the loss coming. Yeah. Um, it's just a collective sigh from all the West Ham fans across the world there, I think, that, that for months we've been saying it's time to go, but uh, no one listens. No, I mean, and to be honest, I mean, it's something that we're going to come on to a little bit later. Obviously, we'll recap the um, the games as well. There's a few topics that we want to talk about, as I mentioned, that being one of them. Um, yep. Myself... Um, I've got to be honest, it was uh, a, a bit of a strange weekend for me because I think it's the first time I haven't actually watched the game live um, mm. in, I don't even know how long, uh, if I'm being completely honest. I was a little bit gutted, but um, glad to see us coming away winners from that particular game. But again, um, from as good as the day was, it was uh, obviously tarred a little bit by some absolute idiot. Um, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, so for the first thing I wanted to uh, to talk about in terms of this weekend's footballing, um, for, for those of you who have probably seen the mass ongoing discussions that are going on today, it was surrounding the Manchester derby. Um, yeah. Manchester City went 1-0 up and Marcus Rashford, uh, sorry, no, Bruno Fernandes equalised um, a little bit later on into, into the game. Some would say... Uh, a bit controversially, but ultimately ended up going away as winners from that particular game, which was great as an Arsenal fan because obviously it allowed us the opportunity to uh, to increase the gap at the top again. But I've got to be honest, I felt a little bit um, a, little, a little bit sorry for Manchester City, and it's not something I want to say too sensitively um, because obviously at the end of the day we're in a title race, and they're one of the um, the clear contenders for that. But um, Marcus Rashford threw on goal. Um, didn't actually touch the ball and Bruno Fernandes uh, slotted it. I've got to say it was a beautiful finish uh, in order yep. to uh, to equalise. Linesman flagged it up. The referee went over to speak to the linesman and ultimately decided that the goal was going to stand. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because I, I want to talk to I want to ask you what your thoughts are. And I also want to just mention about the uh, the ref watch, what their thoughts were. So I will say, fantastic game, and I think Ten Hag got the better of the tactics. If I'm totally honest, and United could have had four if Rashford was was really sort of clinical in front of goal, mm -hmm. uh, but but he wasn't. Uh, so 
yeah, the first the first goal uh, with Bruno Fernandes, uh, I agree he was offside. I think the linesman got it right there. Um, the reason for that is when it was played forward, it was clearly played with intent to Rashford, who took a swing at it, missed it, which allowed it to go on to Fernandes. And that's, well, from what I understand, why the VAR said it wasn't offside, because he didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. But my understanding of the off- offside rule is if it's intended to be played to or by a player that's in an offside position, then it's offside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they, they yeah, that they, they were harshly ruled out by that, um, which is sort of controversial to what Howard Webber said. Um, but the second one I thought was offside as well. Mm. Um, but they didn't look at that one. But what, um, what just go back to Howard Webb, he's taken over the PGMOL. Mm-hmm. He's the, the top dog. And what he said is, we don't want VAR to be intervening. We want it to be looking at clear and obvious errors and to take a step back and give the power back to those on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that wasn't the case with um, that decision because the linesman got it right. But what I will say is what I've said for a long time in conspiracy theories of, that's because... It's fixed. <laughs> and actually, what makes for a better story? United to beat this invincible guy in Erling Haaland who's leading the life of Manchester City and putting himself back in the title race. Writes headlines. Yes, yeah. I, um, I, I, I'm starting to, um, to understand now. Excuse me, sorry, I had a very itchy foot. Um, I'm starting to understand what you're saying now because there's been a few decisions this year, I would say this year specifically, where I think you're going to get your controversies, you're going to get people that don't agree with the interventions and stuff of VAR and all this sort of stuff. Um, But when they were controversies, I think in previous seasons, I'd say on the most part, because you're still going to get a difference of opinion, but on the most part, they were consistent controversies. And the explanations they were coming out with, I think, were a lot better. Now, for for this season, I think there's been a lack of consistency for for these these decisions, which comes into question it as to why why we've got VAR in the first place. Now, who de- who decides whether uh, a decision is? Um, Obviously, you've got your, your match officials, so you've got your, your linesman and your referee. If you have a yeah. difference of opinion in there, obviously, you you then come up with a stalemate decision. So, effectively, and th- there is a reason why I'm going into it. So, effectively, you've got one vote each, and the referee yeah. has then has the ability to go, okay, well, I appreciate what you're saying, but this is the reason as to why I'm going with this. It's my decision. I'm going for it. Yeah. However... When I was listening to uh, to Ref Watch, as I said, um, with Dermot Gallagher, he he come up with um, something which I've been saying all along is that these decisions are subjective. Now you have a set of guidelines or a set of rules, <clears throat> but under those rules you have a set of guidelines. Um, I for for what you just mentioned about the. Um, 
the rule is if if you're playing to a player that's in an offside position, it's offside. Caveated yeah. by the fact, do they touch the ball? Are they impeding? Etc. Etc. So there's a, a set of guidelines. So what David Gallagher said is that the safer option would have been to flag it offside and for the goal not to stand. But he then used this age-old bullshit that we've seen on Ref Watch for weeks and weeks and weeks, which is I can understand why he has given it. Yeah. Now, again, that what I do like about this is that they do have ex-players and uh, pundits and stuff which are able to give their opinion on these matters as well. And they obviously can state their cases for why the the referees are wrong and all this sort of stuff. But um, I think when you're starting to get that much comeback from um, from people about these decisions or whatever, how can you ignore what they're saying? Um, <clears throat> so for any other team, I think outside of Liverpool, Manchester United, possibly Manchester City on a good day... Um, those decisions are going to go against whoever else is doing that. That would have gone to VAR. They would have checked and said, no, um, there was intent intent to play the ball, but not touch the ball. Therefore the goal shouldn't have stood. And from, from what I've, what I've been reading from other people as in ex-professionals and what I've been listening to from ex-professionals and stuff, I'd say 90%, 95% of the people are saying that's an offside. There shouldn't be any kind of um, extenuating circumstances behind that. If they're offside, they're offside. Yeah. It's, so, it's a black and white rule for mm. me, which is why they're going to such minute detail for, is this player offside with the lines? Yeah. If they hadn't been doing that and being so, I say articulate with it, but, but so uh, pernickety about it, mm-hmm then how? Unless it is fixed to write headlines. Yeah. Again, hashtag, hashtag conspiracy, the FA is corrupt. Um, yeah, I'm, again, I'm starting to, uh, starting to believe your, uh, your hypothesis. And um, it, it would be interesting to see if there was some like deep dive investigation done on that. I would love to see some sort of documentary where they go into... Um, into all these decisions so they open up their microphones to you know like Amazon Prime they're all or nothing they should do all or nothing refereeing <laughs> well I see that Sky did one uh, on about uh, transfer deadlines yes I? I haven't watched it yet I haven't watched it yet I do really want to watch it um, but the, the thing being the VAR room has two or three people in who are all mic'd up so there must be a a way to hear that conversation and as I've said it time and time again, the only reason they wouldn't want people to hear that investigation is if there's something that's being said that shouldn't be being said. Hmm. Uh, because if you give a controversial decision like that and it's gone to VAR and they say, yep, yeah, this is... And you can understand the process of why that decision has been made, then there is an understanding with it. Mm-hmm. And okay, you might not like all the decisions that you get or go against you, but if you can understand why that has been decision has been made, I think the majority of fans would have a much more 
a reasonable response to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't want to say Liverpool got a number of VAR decisions as well this week, but they did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, just to move on to it a little bit quickly. Um, Solly March went through uh, on goal, taken out by the goalkeeper. They pulled it back, went, oh, no, no it was offside. Well, hang on, no one flagged for that. So, yes, it was offside, but but it's also a foul. Hmm. Um, uh, McAllister got absolutely chopped down by Joel Matip, um, who they went on to score from that run of play, but it was off the ball because he'd already passed it. Nothing. If I think if, if they hadn't of if Brighton had lost the ball, they would have had to have looked at it for a dangerous challenge. And and that's possibly a red. So why not look at it still? Because it still happened. All right, you scored a goal, but there was still a foul there. It was at least a yellow card. Mm. Um, and it's just like, where's the consistency in that? They still got smashed, which is great. But yep. actually, on a different day, that not pen, the goalkeeper staying on, Matip staying on, that changes the game. Yeah, and I um. The, the the level or the the consistency of re- the referee's approach is something obviously i think we can we can question very clearly or yeah we can question very clearly because there are times where you've seen decisions that are given um as a as a foul by the referee i, I think i briefly touched on it last week where um was it Gabriel was rugby tackled in the penalty box or something yeah. and it wasn't given yet Odegaard a couple of minutes later gets a booking outside yeah. of the, the box for for a pull on um, I can't remember who, who it was but uh, and it gets a booking for that and there was something that happened yesterday in the Arsenal match there was um, a defender called oh sorry a player called Romero I think it is Sergio Romero yeah, yeah. Um, so he got booked fairly on in the game. He then made about four or five different yellow cardable offences. And you could even hear the commentators saying, um, oh, he needs, yeah, he needs, he needs to, uh, he's walking a tightrope, blah, 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 blah. And um, he, he could have been off. Yeah. So, and I think if any one of those challenges was where his first challenge, it would have been, it would have been a booking. So why not give that, a card then but anyway moving uh moving very swiftly on because we'll only end up speaking about referees and var for the next hour and i think we've done that subject to death and uh, to be honest we're gonna do it to get yet a yet a yet again um so yeah we'll, we'll move swiftly on um <clears throat> so obviously just very quickly um obviously you can see i'm an arsenal fan um went Eight points clear at the top of the league with a 2-0 win over Spurs. Um, i got to say, it was I was nervous going into that game, but I was super happy with the result. Uh, like I said, I didn't watch it live um, because I was out of a prior engagement. Um, but when I did catch up on it, there was... Um, obviously, I was aware of the result, and it was good a, a good watch. And I think one of the reasons why I was nervous about that game is because we haven't won at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, or the equivalent um against Tottenham since 2014 so it was great to come away with the two points a big up yours to um to our North London rivals and um I'm very happy that we've managed to secure that eight point position so we are kind of fairly comfortable 
the uh, the main reason I wanted to bring this up is because of obviously right at the very end we had a fan that um, decided that Aaron Ramsdale had gone a bit too far, uh, went up to collect his uh, personal belongings at the end of the game, and he decided to uh, kick Aaron Ramsdale in the back. Um, now from listening to obviously what Aaron Ramsdale was saying is that he was getting some stick from the um, the the Tottenham fans, he was trying to give it a little bit back. Um, scenes turned a little bit ugly with uh, Richarlison right at the very end as well. He obviously took a dislike into some of uh, Ramsdale's antics and kissing the badge and I, I suppose goading the uh, the Tottenham fans. But um, <laughs> obviously we've seen Ramsdale, he's a very likeable person, doesn't deserve to be kicked <laughs> at the end of the game. And um, obviously the FA have come out and said they're launching an investigation into this person and they are going, and Tottenham have already come out and said it's a disgrace, uh, that we will find that person and they will receive long to, uh, a lifetime ban from, from Tottenham. But surely they should be done from, for GBH? I, I suppose it's the, the level of the the injury. So the... I think it sets a very dangerous precedent if they don't throw the book at them. Yeah, I compl I completely agree, but I th I think the letter of the law is by the amount of damage that you do to a person. So, I think where you have the three tiers, so you have uh, assault, ABH, and GBH, is the categories for right. the so fit one of them. Yes, but... yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I do it. agree that is they they should have the book thrown at them because I know they were starting to come down hard on people's uh, online behavior, online social media yep. behavior. Um, and I think that this, where a player has been attacked, and I think we saw at the end of last season as well, there was um, one of the guys who confronted, I think it was Patrick Vieira. I think he was uh, yep. imprisoned for 30 days or, or something stupid like that. So for one moment of madness... Because let's be honest, there's cameras everywhere. They're gonna yep. see you, see where you've come in, where you where you're going out, and they're gonna find you. You, I know you think you're protected because you had a little scarf over your mouth or whatever, but there's gonna be people that have caught the moment on camera, and they're gonna be able to rat you out, or they should fucking rat you out because you're a scumbag. Yeah. Um, it it doesn't beg the question as to there clearly wasn't enough stewarding or or proper stewarding for that. Mm -hmm. Um. Obviously, it probably would have sufficed for a normal game day. But being a heated rivalry that it is, you'd expect there to be a bit more boisterous people, people a bit more worked up. Surely that should have been taken into account as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, but my question to you, just regarding that subject, obviously yeah. he's going to get banned from, um, from attending... Tottenham again, obviously, if it's season ticket holder or whatever, that I'm assuming that's going to be uh, null and void now. You mentioned just a second ago about going for the highest level of punishment. Are you thinking yep. fine? Like... fine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cut his hands off. Um, yeah. uh, are you thinking fines and prison sentence? Or for that sort of circumstance, do you think a prison will, a prison sentence would be enough or a fine would be enough? What what would your what would your precedent well, be? I think you have to take it, and people go, well, he was wound up. Well, let's say I'm having a bad day, someone's wound me up, and I just try and kick some geezer in the back in the, in the middle of the street. Like, 
or, or go into a butcher's and go, you've given me one less bacon ration than I wanted. And like try and kick you out. Just because it's a football player doesn't mean that's not his job. You've gone mm. into his place of work and tried to give him a kick in. I just, I don't see one where that's acceptable in anywhere normal life um, and two, why it should be acceptable there. So it should be a case that, yeah, get, he should be banned for football stadiums for the rest of his life. Um, and and I, in fairness, he's the sort of person who, go, who you, I've got some very wild opinions about things, but you want to clearly live outside of what are, say, social norms. What everyone would have common sense to say, no, it's not acceptable to go and kick in whoever you like. Then live outside the system, go and put them in the in the desert and where there is nobody. Do you know what I mean? Like hmm. you want to live like that, then go and live somewhere else where there isn't anybody else about. Um, I just I don't I don't understand. And, and maybe this is a me thing. I, I love watching football, but you have to be gracious with it and there are I don't know if that's from being a West Ham fan I know there's a lot of people who aren't as West Ham fans but there are times where you have to go we weren't the better team hmm. we lost so what we need to do is like let's focus on the next one look at the positives for what can we go from here not oh, oh I'm unhappy with that I've had a beer I'm going to kick you because I don't like you hmm. I just I don't understand that mentality no and I, I completely agree with you 100% the for for me, um, whether he actually made any contact with him or not, I don't know. Um, I think the only person that would be able to tell you realistically, well, the only two people would be Ramsdale and the guy that actually did the kicking. But um, <coughs> I would say it's a bit like the offside rule. If there's intent, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I, I I get yeah. what you're saying, and that's and that's kind of where I'm going. Is that for a moment of madness? Because this isn't the first time it's happened. Um, I'm not saying specifically that um, against against Tottenham Hotspur, there are people that have run onto pitches and endangered the players on the pitch by any means. So either uh, trying to rugby tackle. I think there was one at West Ham a couple of um, couple of years ago. Um, um, was it Mark Noble grabbed the player or something and threw him to the floor? Or yeah, he was from Basildon. Right. <laughs> well, but you know what I mean? So there there have been occasions where um where we've seen that and I think it was only in certainly my early lifetime where we had cages in front of um in front of the fans to avoid people running onto the pitch, but obviously with the um the Hillsborough disaster it was decided that it was unsafe, but there needs to be something like that. Or the, no, there, there shouldn't be because that sort of behaviour shouldn't come into a football stadium anyway. But um, for, for me, because it is a moment of insanity for that particular person, I'd say that he needs to be punished in the the harshest way. So I've just I've just looked it up. You all remember Eric Cantona kicking that Crystal yeah, yeah. Palace fan? Uh, Two week jail sentence. Although he appealed it and it went to 100 now, 150 hours community service, he was banned from playing for ages and the club slapped him with a humongous fine. Mm -hmm. That geezer's not going to get a fine from his work if he even works. 
all right, two weeks in jail, maybe that'll make him think. Maybe it won't. Maybe you need to look at his previous indiscretions as well and say, mm-hmm. is this a, a common behaviour for this person or is it a a moment of madness? Even so, it's not acceptable. So we need to work on... Clamping down on it. Well, not just clamping down on it, but, but that rehabilitation of you need to change your mentality because that's not acceptable. Um, and actually, if going to the football makes you like that... You're not allowed to go to the football anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm, having a beer, you're not allowed to have a beer. Do you know what I mean? I'm, and I think with with this sort of punishment, and I'm not just saying it's because it is a Tottenham fan. I'd be saying it if it was any any fan of any club, even even our supporters, um, that there should be. And I appreciate that um, there's going to be a lot of cost implications and all this sort of stuff. But I'm I'm sure it will make people start to or these people start to think that if there is a prison sentence behind it, you are potentially ruining any future job prospects and stuff like that because you've got a criminal record. Um, and if it's if it is a conviction, you're found guilty, then then good. Um, you should be punished for for these actions that you've taken. So um, we'll we'll move on from that. But um, I I just I think. With with the technology today, not only people around you are going to be able to film the incident because no doubt, or the, I've already seen it. There's about three or four different angles of this kid running down um, and giving him a swift kick, and then you see him kind of running back up into the stadium. Um, but why why even chance it is is kind of what I'm trying to get at because you're going to get found out. You're going to get punishment in one way, shape, or form. So um, anyway. Uh, moving uh, moving on, um, just want to quickly touch on uh, West Ham United. I know this is going to be kind of like a, a bit of a, a sore subject for you, given the weekend's result. But um, do you want to just quickly talk about the game? As as I said, um, Wolves score early. We don't. We score late. Um, we we I think we held out a lot longer than that. I was anticipated. Um, but again, simple football played through West Ham. Uh, lovely strike to go in but the goalkeeper was rooted to the spot and then again they, they could have been two or three ahead they hit the post a couple of times as well so it wasn't like it was a uh, oh, oh well I've nicked it in the last minute that for me we were outplayed there um, and it does put them above us puts us at, in, in the bottom three uh, level on points with bottom place um, and it's one of them that that before the World Cup, I was saying this is we need to part ways with Moyes, give someone a little bit of time to to bed in their philosophy, how they want to play. They're now looking at it allegedly. Don't know because that's just paper talk. I think that's just a case that everyone's going. There's a real problem at West Ham. David Moyes isn't doing that, and he did an interview with a different podcast. I can't remember what it was called the other day, and he said, "Oh yeah, well I'm past it as a." As a manager, I want to be able to move on into hopefully another club will take me on into um, for my experience. So, paraphrasing slightly there, um, but he, I think he knows he's under pressure. Um, and as you said, we're playing Everton the weekend. I think one or both managers will go depending on the result. Hmm. But why, why not be proactive with it? I know you want to try and stick with. Uh, a guy who's got you out of trouble before, but it's been going the wrong way for a long time, mm. and it's not. There's no signs of getting any better. Spent 150 million pounds in the summer. 
and it's got worse. So is that all the players you brought in are worse than what you had, or is that the guy in charge a little bit clueless? I, I kind of I, I get what you're saying, and I think for the for the signings that you made, I think from from what I've seen of these players, they do have some quality about them. But maybe it is the fact that he's lost the dressing room. I know this is something you've been saying for a couple of weeks now. Um, that maybe it is time to move on, and from the different conversations that not only that we've had, but from what I know you've listened to, um, there seems to be kind of like a an over overwhelming um, desire for for David Moyes to come out. And I've, obviously, I've listened to um, to a few di- different outlets, and there are people that think that David Moyes, with all his experience, will be enough to kind of get you out. And you'd never really like to see managers sacked. Although, if you're watching the video, this is um, the 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 kind of title of this this video because we've got a few different examples of of what's happening um, in the potential sack race. But um, so it's it's looking very likely. Obviously, as we you just mentioned, you got Everton at the weekend, and they're in a, a kind of fairly similar similar position. If West Ham lose this game. Do you see that inevitable for David Moyes that his time will be up, or if 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 he doesn't go, if we lose this game, he doesn't go. That means we're then three points behind Everton, who are currently behind us, and we'll be on a worse goal difference than them. If he doesn't go, I think you're going to go back to the scenes where you did see the pitch invasions and things like that, mm. uh, because it, there is growing discontent. I'm a big proponent for David Moyes. I didn't think we should have got rid of him the first time. But I think at a certain point, you have to say, I've done as good a job as I can do. Now it's time to move on. Had he done that at the end of last season, I think he would have gone down as a as a legend, regardless of our league form towards the end where we, it was really bad. But um, the fact that he's, he's carried on and he's he's just very stubborn. That's the thing. Mm. I, I've played this way for, for the last 25 years. This is how we're going to play. Yes, it does sort of work until you lose the dressing room. Mm. And you don't want players to play to their strengths. You want them to play to how you want to play. He hasn't bought that sort of player. He's bought extravagant, possession-based, creative players. Mm-hmm. Not direct counter-attacking players. But when we're 1-0 down, he won't change his system. And we're allowed five substitutes now. He'll use two really late on. What what are you doing to try and change the game? Quite clearly, we're being outclassed in different areas. Quite clearly, there are things you could do tactically to try and gain an advantage to get a foot back in the game. And he just doesn't. Hmm. So it's very hard for me in a sense of when there was discontent amongst fans when he, we brought him back to go, no, actually, he's the right man for the job. The job's changed. Mm. We're now in a different position to where we were. Well, we're not when he really when he from when he took over. But he doesn't know how to play differently, mm. and how he's playing, we've been found out it doesn't work. So at that point, you do need to change it. So we talked very briefly last week um, about obviously the potential sacking of David Moyes. And I've, I have seen a few names banded about. Obviously, we spoke very briefly um, 
off off air, if you like, about um, some other names. In an ideal world, who would be your man to um, to come into into the club? Well, there's there's a bit there's a name that that springs to mind, uh, which I think I'd get lynched if I said which was Big Sam. But um, if if I'm honest, out the current crop of managers who are available, I would have to say Thomas Tuchel. Now that isn't necessarily because I think he's the best manager of of who's available, but I think the players we've got would fit in the style that he likes to play. Um, we've got some creative players. We've got a big man up front who can can hold the ball up, which is what he likes. Can shoot from distance. Um, we've got some tricky wingers, and we've got some damn right good midfielders. So uh, I would say our best goalkeeper is out injured at the minute, but he's Ariola. He can't get in a team under Moyes. Um, defensively, we've had a few injuries, but we've got some decent defenders. There's no reason we should be in the position we're in. Mm-hmm. That was proved spent most of last season or first half of last season in the top four. How's that squad been improved? And now we're in the bottom three. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I would take Thomas Tuchel, if I'm totally honest, if I could have anybody at the moment. I just think even if we do go down, it would be a possession-based relegation and we might see some decent West Ham way football out of it. So do you think with with the relegation, obviously I know that there are, um, or he would have a contract and all this sort of stuff, but just say Thomas Tuchel will come in um to to replace David Moyes and you did get relegated obviously we would hope that it would do enough to get you out of that position and I would say more than likely you will start stringing some results together we've still got half a season to go um but do you think he would look to jump ship if uh another Premier League opportunity come up or and I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him for that um the bit that I think he's uh difficult now is how do you attract a high caliber manager to a relegation fight yeah without that saying give us till the end of the season and then we'll see um because if you've done it before the world cup where we were still sort of mid-table and you go actually the squad that's there give them a little bit of a pickup got a lot of time to turn it around and we all right we've got three or four games before we're really struggling I think there's more of an incentive to come there. Now there's a big gap opening up between us and the top seven. How do you encourage that? I know we're still in the Europa Conference League, so there is that side of things. We could still be in Europa League next year, Mm -hmm. but that's a pointless endeavour if you're in a championship. Yep. Okay. So it's a a double-edged sword, I think. Uh, Had we struck earlier on in the season, we could have got a higher calibre manager doesn't necessarily mean it always works out but now I think we're limited our options because we're in a relegation fight yep that's a fair no point we've got the the club with the most season ticket holders in London relegated it's just it, they don't want to do that no Um. so obviously we've mentioned that you've got Everton on Saturday 
Um, I yeah. just wanted to touch on Frank Lampard and the position he is in as well. Um, again, you um, you put a very big, a oh, very clever term together for for this match on Saturday. Um, do you just want to tell the viewers what you said? But El Sacchio. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, a bit like, um, a bit like the El Clasico. Uh, El Clasico. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's nice. Nice spin. Obviously, um, Frank Lampard's in a bit of uh, dire straits with Everton at the moment as well. I know they've been kind of erratic with their performances. They do seem to go up in games and then consequently concede um, either to for the draw or to end up losing. And uh, this weekend was no different. I think they ended up 2-1 um, losers against uh, Southampton, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but... Frank Lampard, we spoke about Steven Gerrard a couple of um, couple of months ago now, obviously with uh, Unai Emery coming in. Do you um, do, do you see him potentially being sacked as well? He's obviously under massive pressure at the moment. Um, so there's a lot going on at Everton, isn't there? With the board wanting to sell the club, the, the fans wanting them out, uh, things like that, uh, which doesn't help. Uh, Everton is one of those old-fashioned grounds that, Everyone's right on top of you, and they let you know. If 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 you think you're playing bad football in the first two minutes, they'll start booing you. Do you know what I mean? So that mm -hmm. makes it much harder. I don't think Everton have been as bad as what results show. Um, if I'm totally honest, you think they they've played the last three games, or last four games? Sorry, was a one-all draw away to Man City, mm -hmm. which okay, you take that. That's 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 good. Four one or four one at home to uh, Brighton, who Brighton are blowing teams away this year. They're mm -hmm. they've really stepped it up. Three one against Man United in the cup, and again Manchester United are on form. And then they've played Southampton, who've just beat Man City, and are flying high, full of confidence. And 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 yeah, okay, they they lost. But I don't think they're playing as bad as what the results show. I think that's. They go through patches of form and they'll have a few injuries here and a few injuries there. And I think they're one of the teams that uh, the World Cup did no favours for. Hmm. Going into it, they started to string together a few results. They had the break and then it's, oh, trying to get it going again. They have lost uh, Richarlison, which is a big part of how they played. Didn't replace him. Um, they lost Luca Digne, didn't they, what, last season? Yep. Again, didn't replace him. Um, so that there, there are problems at the club, quite clearly. But I don't think Lampard's doing that bad, to be fair. Mm. Given what he's got and the injuries, I don't think he's doing terribly. Um, could he be doing better? Of course he could. But Everton fans want their players or want their team to play in a certain style. And he's doing that. But that does mean that you are left a little bit open at the back sometimes. Mm -hmm. Have they get you put a little bit of confidence in them, a bit like Southampton? I think they're flying. They they go and uh, they go and win the next few games. I mean, I don't yep. know. They've got us. If they if they beat us, that's that's huge. They play you. They yep. always seem to be your bogey team. Yep. Then you've got the the Liverpool Everton derby after that. So there are there are three games there potentially. They could walk. They could walk away with nine points. Mm -hmm. Unlikely, I would say they would probably beat us, lose to you, beat Liverpool. 
See, I'm not so sure because we're playing them away. And as you mentioned, they're a bit of a, a bogey team for us. And I think I can certainly think of two or three seasons over recent past where they've been on a shit runner form and then it comes to, to play us. Like, just for an example, I think I, it was either last year or the year before where they hadn't scored in X amount of games or they hadn't won in X amount of games. We were going through a bit of a purple patch and all of a sudden the wheels come off when we go to play them. There's a kind of like a different level of intensity that I see Everton seem to to kind of get the wind in their sails and decide they actually want to turn up and fight against us. Um, so um, that's, that's one of the games I think where we, based on our current form, we're expected to go in and I suppose steamroll them in a way. But I can see that being one of these games where we potentially slip up um mm. <clears throat> obviously like you said it's um it's a big big game on on saturday for uh for you guys or for, for both sets of managers nice. um yeah i think it'll be uh be quite an interesting one and another manager <clears throat> i know we spoke about a little bit last week about liverpool what's happening at liverpool but to to be more specific uh jürgen klopp um i think he's under enormous pressure at the moment, I mean, it, he may be going under the radar slightly because of some of the other teams, i.e. your Frank Lampard, your David Moyes, um, I, I suppose Man City in a way. I mean, I know they're still in the Champions League, etc. But um, when it comes to the the form in the Premier League, they're nowhere near what they have done over previous seasons. And they may go on a bit of a run. I mean, we've still got to play Man City in a, in a couple of weeks, so... That will be kind of like um, a telling statement as to to what's going on. But like I said, because of the heights that Liverpool have hit over the last few years, yep. to to be where they are at the moment and struggling against some of the the lower teams, yeah, I think Liverpool, well certainly Jurgen Klopp <coughs> would is would be under a massive amount of pressure at the moment to um, to either improve or. Or to go? I think he's, he, in terms of a fan perspective, yes. Um, but in terms of footballing, I don't think he's got any problems. Um, the reason I say that is the, the Liverpool is up for sale. They're not going to want to sack him and pay millions of pounds when they're trying to offload the club. Yep. Because that, that eats out of any profit margin, doesn't it? That potentially there might be, potentially there won't be. I don't know. Um, but I think. You are right. The fact that Manchester City are not the animal they were at the beginning of the season or previous seasons, the fact that West Ham are doing so bad and Everton are doing so bad and Graham Potter allegedly is doing this horrendous job, they're level on points with Liverpool. He he, he hasn't had the whole season. Jurgen Klopp's been there for a number of years. Hmm. So he, I think that there's comparables, isn't there? I know they've got a few strikers out injured. Chelsea have got a f team of first team players out. I think um, eight out of 11 of them would walk into most Premier League sides anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I think with that going on, it sort of take takes away from Jurgen Klopp doing bad because he's not as bad as Graham Potter, is he? Oh, wow. Pep's having a bit of a bad week. He lost to Southampton this week. Do you know what I mean? It's... I think you are right. He's flying under the radar, but I, I don't think they'll ever get rid of him just because they don't want to spend any more money. 
Mm. And I think that it's just a, a, a slippery slope down. They finished ninth. They're not going to win the Champions League this year. Not in the form they're in. Salah will go. A couple of other players will go. Then what? Then it's mass exodus because mm. they're an aging squad. Midfield is aging. Defence, they've got some aging players. Then, then what? You, you're relying on youngsters who you haven't tried to develop because you've just been buying in talent. Mm. So, yeah, it's a slippery slope for Liverpool, I think. And I think they could be in mid-table obscurity much sooner than they realise yet again. Mm. Yeah, I. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I, I, it's social media. It seems to be very quiet this year. Um, I know there's there's the usual suspects. Obviously, Arsenal fans are quite rowdy on on social media, um, <clears throat> and to an extent, there's there's obviously a lot of, I suppose, other clubs that do get quite boisterous. But Liverpool have been absolutely fucking unbearable for the last few years, where they've been doing so well. And I know they won a couple of cups and stuff last last year, and won the Premier League within the last three years, and um, <clears throat> the Champions League as well. But I think for for the heights where they were, I know you probably just hit the nail on the head there massively with the the agent squad. And I know they've made some recruitments, but they have lost some key players as well. Um, There's no longer that squad depth anymore. So as soon as they start picking up injuries, they they are being found out in terms of their squad depth. So kind of like what we were doing um, over the last few years now, Personally, I think that um, Jurgen Klopp's days are numbered. If I'm being completely yep. honest, um, <clears throat> despite the the offer to uh, to sell Liverpool, I I don't see that happening in the immediate future. So I think, op- in fact, no, I'm going to take back exact everything I just said. I th- I think maybe they will stick with him to the end of the season. Um. But I wouldn't be surprised if if he does go beforehand because, I mean, they're still, still in a couple of competitions or whatever. I know they've got their replay against Wolves tonight, I think it is. Um, or was it tomorrow? Tomorrow, I think it is. Um, but, yeah, there's um, his days are numbered, I think. But I wouldn't be surprised if he, um, if he does remain till the end of the season but yeah he's got an he signed a new deal last year last april uh and his contract doesn't run out until 2026 right that's gonna be a fair whack of a contract to pay him off isn't it yeah yeah absolutely unless they do give him obviously because of his recent success where he's kind of got like a get out free jail cause just for this season and then we go again next season once they've um made a, a bit more recruitment into uh, into the team but yeah it's a bit of a crazy one but yes let us know what your thoughts about any of these um topics that we've spoken about in the comments below um like i said if you've uh, managed to to stick it to this far thank you so much uh, so far um i'm just going to go very quickly on to our predictions so every week we do have our weekly predictions for the illustrious fifa day trophy predictions trophy which you can see currently sitting over ian's shoulder at the moment um i have won it for two years and ian is the current holder so i'm looking to obviously um retain that back or get that back sorry um into my possession um 
and it's going well so far. So I'm just going to touch on the predictions from last week. Only the two games last week. We had Wolves versus West Ham and Tottenham versus Arsenal. Um, Ian, you had 2-1 as a prediction to Wolves and I had 2-2. Obviously, you've um, touched on the game already. It's uh, 1-0 to, to Wolves. Therefore, zero points to both of us. Uh, so just to recap for everyone, you get two point, uh, sorry, one point for a correct result and three points for a correct score. Um, going Can on I get the- a point for that one? Oh, yes, you do. Sorry. Ah, oh, balls. Yes, you do. I know you want to win the trophy. Bad, bad match. Bad, yeah, this is it. You're <laughs> going to be going through every uh, every game now just to make sure I've got like the scores and the predictions right. Okay, well, that changes everything. Um, yes, yeah, so you get, you get a point and I, I don't get a point. Um, then the Tottenham-Arsenal game, you had uh, 2-1 to Tottenham and I had 3-2 to Arsenal. Uh, score was 2-0, as I've already mentioned. So that's a point to me and a point to you. Uh, so looking at the season's results, um, sorry, so it's one point each for, for this week and therefore we have the scores. I did have it open. Where have you gone? Um, Ian, you are now on 34 and I'm on 36. So still a two point gap. I thought I'd open it up. I'm very disappointed. How very dare you. Um, so looking at the games this week, um, we do have, uh, as we've already mentioned, Arsenal versus, um, no, not West Ham versus Everton and then yeah. Arsenal versus Manchester United. Um, <clears throat> so, Ian, your game is on the Saturday. What do you think the score is going to be on this one? I think we're struggling for goals, yet uh, Everton is still scoring some. So I'm going to go 2-1 to Everton. Okay. I think I think the fans because we're at home. I think the fans will get on the wrong side of the players and the management, and it will just be a toxic atmosphere, which then gives the away team opportunity to thrive. I've gone for the same score but reverse. So I've gone two-one okay. for West Ham on this one. Again, this this could be the game that sees uh, Frank Lampard depart from uh, from Everton. Um. In fact, it could be as we've already mentioned. Both managers could could potentially go after the uh, the it's result. Four, do they both get sacked? <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I I do think this this will be the week where uh, West Ham start picking up points again and start making a bit of a charge up the table. I know in terms of the the managerial position at West Ham, you're not happy with that, as, as I'm sure the majority of West Ham fans are, and maybe a ch- change is what you need, but. You never know. You you also need points. So if um, if you do start winning games, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll take that either way. So um, the next game that we have to predict is Arsenal versus Manchester United on the Sunday. Um, a game I'm very much looking forward to. Hopefully to to right the wrongs from earlier on in the season. Um, I we were by far the better team within the the. F- the first game, although the scoreline didn't suggest it, Manchester United were a lot more clinical than what we were. And obviously being as far into the season as we are now, sitting where we are, I think there's yep. a, a, a much better team spirit than there was at the start of the season. Not saying it was bad, but we're we're on a good run of form at the moment. Um, so I am under no illusions that Manchester United are going to want to come out and reduce that points gap between us to um, to keep them within the title race. But I I hope that we pull out one of our outstanding performances 
And I'm going to go for 2-1 on this one to Arsenal. Ooh. See, now I was going to say both teams are on form, so that, that should be really exciting. And I wanted to go like 3-3. This has got nil-nil written all over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the Newcastle so, game. Yeah, I'm going nil-nil. Okay. And again, it's one of these games I'll, I will take it. As, lo- as long as we keep getting points uh, on the board, I'll be happy. Um, obviously, I would prefer the win. <laughs> um, and I prefer it to be 2-1. So, Arsenal, if you're listening, make sure um, that's the score because I do want to get that trophy. Um, again, the same with um, what I said about the comments about the, the topics that we've spoken about this evening. Um, let us know what your thoughts are for, for the score predictions. If you want to get involved, uh, we are on Twitter. Um, we are also, um, obviously, we're on Spotify and anywhere that you would um, like to consume your podcasts. Just look for the uh, the Yellow Cup. Um, but other than that, uh, Ian, have you got anything else you want to talk about tonight? Um, just one last thing I did want to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I went down a shop the other day and uh, went to buy a Tesco's meal deal. Uh, but before I could get to the uh, the checkout, Chelsea came in and bought it for twice the price that I was going to pay. Oh, yes, yes, transfers, transfers. Yes, let's... <laughs> let's uh, let, let's very... Chelsea in all the players. Yeah, let's very uh, touch on that very brief. Uh, yeah, very briefly. Um, kind of like Mudrick's Arsenal career. Um, yes, it was a very good point, actually. And I suppose kind of why I've overlooked that in uh, in my topics for this week. Yeah, what a bunch of bastards. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm being completely honest, is a player I was actually really excited about. Um, obviously, I mentioned it. Um, I try not to get suckered in with all the hype on social media and all these transfer gurus, i.e. You know, Fabrizio Romano's and all this sort of stuff. And I think this is just going to be the, the ammunition I need to just wait now until something's announced uh, via the club or via Sky Sports that we have signed someone because... Um, Everyone's been going on about trust the process, trust the process when it comes to Arteta and we are reaping the rewards of that. And I'll tell you who else is fucking reaping the rewards of that. Fucking Chelsea. Um, There's been a couple of um, targets that we've been for and all of a sudden they come in with um, these big money offers and we don't want to overpay, obviously, given the the Ozil-Wabamiang situation. Sorry? Pepe. Yeah, yeah, Pepe situation, and we we want to kind of not get our asses spanked anymore. So, um, I mean, fair play to him. He's gone for the the project. I the same with Jao Felix, who's another player that's worth their weight in gold for um in terms of games that they're gonna get. I've got to admit, I actually thought he was really good. Uh, Chelsea just were passing sideways in that game, and he just he just went in with a, with a definite forwards challenge. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I think it, that could be positive. Actually, he looked he looked like he wanted to to be attacking. So, mm. well, on, he'll have to wait them. for a few more games now to uh, to show us again. But yes, um, by which time the uh, the magic deal will be signed, sealed, delivered, he will be a Chelsea player. So it could be an an interesting force to contend with uh, going forwards. Um, but just um, just on the basis of transfers, um, obviously we touched on last week about potential players incomings. Um, what is there any updates to uh, to West Ham's position? In the series uh, from Seville turned us down allegedly because he wanted to help Seville. He didn't want to walk away uh, when the club needed him. I think that he doesn't want to be relegated into the Championship. Yep. Uh, 
and another geezer from the French league, second top goal scorer, uh, has been rejected. Twenty-five million pound move striker. Um, but again, David Moyes is saying, "I don't want anyone." So these are not Moyes signings, which does say maybe something else is coming in. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing on the West Ham front, not yet, and not until Craig Dawson and Mikel Antonio join Wolves. Yes, yeah, I've um, I've seen that. Um... Antonio, I saw some speculation about possibly to uh, to Everton was um, was one I was reading about earlier. But again, in terms uh, in terms of an Arsenal perspective, what the the main transfer target, as we've uh, just mentioned, off to Chelsea, and this is going to be the ammunition I need now just to kind of st- stay away from social media when it comes to transfers and wait until we get someone confirmed on Sky Sports or via the club. So. Um, all, all transfer updates to come from Ian solely going forwards until the end of the transfer market um, closes. But um, yeah, anything else you want to talk about? Me? Perfect. Well, uh, thank you very much for, for watching again. If you have made it this far, we really do appreciate it for the people that have come on the journey with us. Um, please hit that like and subscribe button. As we uh, we mentioned a couple of times now, it would be greatly appreciated. Share it amongst your pals. Even if it's just a, to have a laugh about some of the crap that we talk about, it would be uh, greatly appreciated. But until yep. then, I've been Mike. I've been Ian. <laughs> I'll see you next week.